brothers and sisters, praise us be to our loving Father that we are gathered again to study his words and his commandments. Tonight, we're going to go back to the book of Deuteronomy. We left off with the first address of Moses. Remember, the book of Deuteronomy can be organized into three main addresses or three main sermons from Moses to the people of Israel, the new generation, prior to them crossing the Jordan River into the promised land. Take note, Moses will not be joining them. And so because Moses will not be joining the people of Israel as they cross the border or cross the Jordan River to the promised land, Moses gives, him, gives them sermons and teachings by which they will base their lives upon. So what did Moses do? Let's read the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4, 44 to 45. Moses gave laws and teachings to the people of Israel. It was after they had come out of Egypt and were in the valley east of the Jordan River, opposite the town of Beth Peor, that he gave them these laws. This was in the territory that had belonged to King Sihon of the Amorites, who had ruled in the town of Peshbon. Moses and the people of Israel defeated him when they came out of Egypt. Bible says, that God's laws and teachings, his precepts, his decrees, and his ordinances were given by Yahuwah God through Moses on two occasions. When was the first occasion? On Mount Sinai, shortly after they left Egypt. But we know what happened to that first generation. They passed away because of their stubbornness of heart and their disobedience to Yahuwah our God. So now... The second generation is being prepared to go to the promised land. And so what does Moses do? Like what he did in Mount Sinai, he gives the people of Israel the teachings, the doctrines, the laws and commandments of Yahuwah our God. And so if we jump to Deuteronomy chapter 5, to 5.1 to 5.22, it's basically a retelling of the Decalogue. What was the Decalogue again? The Ten Commandments. When was it first given? Back in Exodus chapter 20, we studied all about the Decalogue. So if you want to know the details of that study, you can go back to our past episode when we looked at that in detail. So Deuteronomy... Uh, tell, uh, speaks of Moses giving again the Ten Commandments. And we find that in Deuteronomy 5 to 5.22, the Ten Commandments. Now, why does Moses give the people of Israel the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments in addition to the other precepts and decrees and regulations? Let's read the book of Deuteronomy 5, 32 to 33. So Moses told the people, you must be careful to obey all the commands of Yahuwah your God, following his instructions in every detail. Stay on the path that Yahuwah your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live a long and prosperous life and the land you are about to enter and occupy. So why did Yahuwah God, through Moses, give Israel all of his commands? Because that's the key for the people of Israel as they enter and occupy the promised land. You see, what was important when they entered the land was not their possessions, nothing material. It was not their weapons. It was not their livestock. What was supremely important for the people of God as they entered the promised land were the commandments of God. Because without the commandments of God, they would have no basis for anything. But with the commandments of God, what can they have as they enter and occupy the land? Moses says you will live long and prosperous lives. So the secret, if we can call it that, the key for a long and prosperous life, it was true back then. It's true also today is the commandments of our almighty Yahuwah God. But for us to benefit from the commandments of Yahuwah God, what is the instruction or exhortation of Moses? 
we should carefully obey all the commandments in every detail. Hence, we need to know the mind of Yahuwah God. We need to know his character. We want to know what he prefers, what he dislikes. And this is revealed to us when we study the Old Testament. And for us to benefit from the commands of God, we have to obey because the commands of God will be useless for us unless we obey. This is why Moses, in his sermon, in his address, included foundations of obedience. In other words, this will be critical. Without the foundations of obedience, it will be difficult for a person to be able to obey and continue obeying the will and commandments of God. This is what we find in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. It basically teaches us two critical foundations for obedience. If we are able to master these two critical foundations for obedience, it will help us immensely in obeying the will of God. However, if we disregard any of these two foundations for obedience, we will fail in fulfilling the will of Yahuwah God. So what's the first one? What is the first critical foundation of obedience? Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, 1, 2, 3. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that Yahuwah, your God, commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and grandchildren must fear Yahuwah, your God, as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as Yahuwah, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Brothers and sisters, what is the first foundation of obedience? What is it? Yes, it is to fear Yahuwah, our God, to have reverence, a holy and deep respect for Yahuwah, our God. Please, brothers and sisters, let us not disregard what Yahuwah is reminding us. We must always fear Yahuwah, our God. So the foundations of obedience, it begins with reverent Fear. Why is reverent fear so important? Is it truly required by Yahuwah God? Now, before Yahuwah gave the command, uh, before Yahuwah, uh, before Moses, or after Moses gave the commandments of God to the people of Israel the second time around, there was no thunder and lightning like what happened in Sinai. Mary Mount Sinai. Uh, the first generation experienced the awesome power, the thundering voice of Yahuwah God when he spoke from the fire. The second generation, this new generation, well, they did not have that experience. And so Moses, after giving the Ten Commandments, spoke about that experience. And this is what he said to the new generation. Deuteronomy 5, 23-27, when the whole mountain was on fire and you heard the voice from the darkness... Your leaders and the chiefs of your tribes came to me and said, Yahuwah our God showed us his greatness and his glory when we heard him speak from the fire. Today, we have seen that it is possible for people to continue to live even though God has spoken to them. But why should we risk death again? That terrible fire will destroy us. We are sure to die if we hear Yahuwah, our God, speak again, has any human being ever lived after hearing the living God speak from a fire? Go back, Moses, and listen to everything that Yahuwah, our God, says. Then return and tell us what he said to you. We will listen and obey. And so when Yahuwah, God, revealed his presence, his greatness, and his glory there on Mount Sinai, what was the experience of the people of Israel? They were in fear. They were overwhelmed by the greatness of his glory when he spoke from the fire. And because this reverent fear 
was so intense, they told Moses, we don't want to really experience that again. So you go and get from God what we need to know. And so what did Yahuwah say concerning what the people of Israel declared and expressed that they were so afraid of Yahuwah God that they don't really want to see, experience his presence anymore. Well, this is what uh, Yahuwah God said in Deuteronomy 5, 28, 29, Yahuwah heard the request uh, you made to me. And he said, I have heard what the people said to you and they are right. Oh, that they would always have hearts like this, that they might fear me and obey all my commands. If they did, they and their descendants would prosper forever. According to scriptures, what did Yahuwah God say about the reverent fear that was shown by the people of Israel when he spoke to them there on Mount Sinai? Yahuwah God looked at them and said, oh, how they would always have hearts like this that they might Fear me and obey all my commands. And so Yahuwah God wants his people to fear him. But what kind of fear does Yahuwah God want from his people? A reverent fear that acknowledges him as God, different and distinct from us. In other words, we need to see how great and awesome Yahuwah God is, and compared to him, we are nothing but dust. This is why when we speak about fear of God, reverence for God, it's not the type of fear that should take us away from him, but a type of fear that will acknowledge his greatness, that he alone is Yahuwah God with that kind of power. But notice what Yahuwah God said to Moses. He said, I have heard what the people said, and they are right. Do you know why Yahuwah God said that? That's because the people of Israel, they were not ready for the presence of God because of their stubbornness of heart, because of their lack of faith. They were not ready to have a fellowship that is so close to Yahuwah God. Otherwise, they would all die out one by one. But it does reveal to us the desire of Yahuwah God. What is that? That his people would have a fear of him because the fear of God would lead to, the, to obeying all of his commandments. And when Moses was giving his sermon, what must we do? How can, what do we need to always keep in mind so that we don't end up over, so that we don't uh, violate this command of God. How can we show that we have fear of Yahuwah God? Deuteronomy 6, 16 and 17. Do not test your God as you did, at, you did at Masa. Be sure to keep the commands of Yahuwah your God and the stipulations and decrees he has given you. What must we never do so that we don't end up so that we can continue to show our fear of God. We must never test Yahuwah our God. What was this all about when the people of Israel tested Yahuwah God? It was what happened in Masa and Meribah. It was shortly after they left Egypt. What happened to them? They experienced no water, drought. They had nothing to drink. And so they began to complain. And so... They ended up calling that place Masa or Mara, bitter. And so the Bible says, those who truly fear Yahuwah God, they do not complain against Yahuwah God. They do not test Yahuwah God by blaming their situation. In other words, in other words they willingly accept Yahuwah's will for them. This is one of the reasons why it's good for us to observe always reverence for God. How else can we show that we have reverence and fear for God? Let's read the book of Deuteronomy 6, verse 13. You must fear Yahuwah your God and serve him. When you take an oath, you must use only his name. How else can we show that we fear Yahuwah God? By taking an oath. When we take an oath, 
we use only his name. There are some who say we should not be using the name of God, Yahuwah, because that show, because they're afraid, right? They have fear of God, they said. This is why we do not use the name of Yahuwah God. Brethren, that's not what God wants us to understand, fear of him and fear of his name. The Bible says those who fear Yahuwah, they must use his name. Did you notice that? God is not telling us, don't use my name. He's telling us only use his name. There's a big difference there. This is why to fear God means to use his name, to use it properly in a way that shows reverence for our loving Abba. So fear of Yahuwah God is something that is a foundation. What kind of foundation is it? Psalms 1, uh, 111 and 10. Fear of Yahuwah is the foundation of, what does it say? True wisdom. All who obey his commandments will grow in wisdom. Praise him forever. So what is one aspect of fear of God that we must incorporate in our life? Well, fear or reverence of God leads us to a proper understanding of who he is. Because there are some people nowadays who kind of discount the part of God that shows his wrath, that shows his anger. Oh, we don't believe in that kind of God. That's the God of the Old Testament. As though God changes. Brethren, does God change? God does not change. God, the same God who was in the Old Testament, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's also the same God of Yahushua. He is also the same God of the apostles. He's the same God that we worship and serve today. And so we need to accept Yahuwah God for who he is. As he has manifested himself throughout scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament up until this present moment, we need to accept God for who he is. And one of the things we need to accept about Yahuwah God is his holiness and his wrath and his righteousness. And so when it says fear of Yahuwah God, we need to have a reverence, a holy respect for him. What will this lead to? Let's read the book of Psalms, one, uh, Hebrews 12, 25 to 29. Be careful that you, do, that you refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. I want to pause there for a while. Nowadays, there's an absence of the fear of God, right? I mean, people mock God in his name all the time. Do they not? They, they, they do not believe in God anymore. There are people who believe in God, but they don't believe in God's judgment. They don't believe that God is wrath. They only want to accept the good parts, the so-called nice parts. They want to have a, a nice God, a pushover God, a jack-in-the-box God. But they don't want to accept who the true God is. Brothers and sisters, the Bible is filled with reminders. We need to show respect. We need to show reverence for Yahuwah, our God. And one of the ways we show reverence for him, be careful that when he speaks, we must listen to what he says. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that the only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Why must we always in our relationship with Yahuwah God maintain that reverent fear? That's because of who God is and who we are. Who are we, brothers and sisters? We're but creation, right? We're human beings whom Yahuwah God created. Yahuwah God is the creator. When Yahuwah God spoke from Mount Sinai and his voice shook the earth, the people became afraid. In other words, they were in awe of Yahuwah our God. Brothers and sisters, have you actually heard Yahuwah God 
speak from Mount Sinai? You probably never heard, right? But you know, there's something that we can see today that should bring awe in our hearts concerning Yahuwah God that the people of Israel could not see. Yeah, when Yahuwah God spoke from the mountains with his thunderous voice, the people were in awe. We too can be in awe, even though we have not heard the personal voice of Yahuwah God. Don't you remember what the Bible says? His voice is heard through the firmament that he has created. What are we talking about? We're talking about the heavens, the galaxies, the universe. Do you know how vast the universe is? Billions upon billions of stars, hundreds of billions of stars in one galaxy, hundreds and billions of galaxies throughout the universe. Galaxies separated by light years of distance. When we think and ponder the vastness of the universe, when we think about the power required to create all things, brethren, we should be in awe. We don't need to listen to the thundering voice from Mount Sinai. The truth is what Yahuwah God has disclosed and showed to us should be enough for us to be in awe. Why must we be in awe of Yahuwah God? Because when we worship him, we need to acknowledge that his power is unlimited, that he is God who is a devouring fire. We don't casually worship God. We don't casually just barge into the presence of Yahuwah God. We prepare ourselves. Yep, we need to keep in mind God is God. Man is man. We are but created. And Yahuwah God is the one who created all things. We need to acknowledge again. We need to rekindle that reverent fear for our almighty creator. That's the foundation. And it's so very perplexing because of what happened to Israel. Remember the first generation of the Israelites, right? When they experienced the thundering voice of Yahuwah God, and they were so afraid. Whatever you say, Moses, we will obey, right? How long did that last for? That reverent fear that they had when, they, when, when Yahuwah God spoke on Mount Sinai. How long did that last for? A couple of days. Not very long. Because at the first sign of trouble, what happened? They began to complain. <laughs> They forgot all about Yahuwah our God. What does that tell us? It tells us that reverent fear by itself is not enough, right? Because when you talk about reverent fear, the Israelites, when they heard Yahuwah's voice, they were really afraid, right? But it did not last. Why? What is missing? What is lacking? Well, if you go back to the book of Psalms 111.10, the fear of Yahuwah is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Yes, we need reverence for God, but that's just the beginning. You get it? It's just the foundation. What needs to happen when you start something at the beginning? You need to what? You need to complete it. What's the beginning of wisdom? Fear of Yahuwah. The truth is, we cannot have any kind of relationship with Yahuwah God if we do not have fear of God because we need to know who God is. God is the creator. And we need to look at, at him with great awe and trembling fear because of who he is. He's the only creator. We need to have that fear. But when we acknowledge that about Yahuwah God, it's just the beginning of wisdom. We need to complete that wisdom. We need to perfect that wisdom. Here's my question. What do you think will perfect our reverence for Yahuwah? What do you think it is? Love for Yahuwah. It's a good answer. Remember, there are two foundations we're talking about. The first one is fear of Yahuwah. And so let's look at the next one. I wonder what it is, because whatever it is, it will complete what was beginning. It will perfect our wisdom. What is that? Let's go back to Deuteronomy 6, 46. Listen, O Israel, 
Yahuwah is our God. Yahuwah alone. And you must, what does it say? Love. You must love Yahuwah your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. So what is the second foundation of obedience? One that will perfect our wisdom so that we can obey Yahuwah our God. What is it? It is love. Bible says you must love Yahuwah your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. So the foundations of obedience are simply these two things. Master these two, and you'll be able to obey all the way till the end, right? Number one, reverent fear. With reverent fear, it brings us into a holy relationship with Yahuwah God. But it must not end there. Purpose of fear is not to be an end in itself. Purpose of reverent fear is to show us that even though Yahuwah God is holy and he is the only true God who created all things, Yahuwah God still wants a relationship with us and that's love. And so we need to have wholehearted love. We need to have fear of God. We need to have wholehearted love for Yahuwah God. These are the foundations of obedience. Do you know how important wholehearted love is? Loving God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. How important is that? Matthew 22, 36, 38. Teacher, he asked, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Yahusha answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the most important commandment. How important is the command to love Yahuwah God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. How important is it? It's the greatest and the most important commandment. And so what Moses taught was also taught by Yahushua. And so we need to see loving God as something that is critical, critical in our relationship with our loving Yahuwah and also with Yahushua. Well, what kind of love must this be? How does this kind of love look like? Revelation 2, 3 to 4, you are patient. You have suffered for my sake and you have not given up. But this is what I have against you. You do not love me now as you did at first. You know, what we read to you there was Yahushua's criticism of some of the assemblies when he was evaluating his followers, his disciples, he commended some, but he rebuked some. And some he spoke of with a friendly rebuke. He said, for example, concerning some of his disciples, you suffered for my sake. That's good, isn't it? And most of us have done that. We have suffered for the sake of Yahushua, for the sake of Yahuwah. And you have been patient. Many of us have been patient. You have not given up. Many of us have not given up. And so Yahushua, when he was evaluating his disciples, when he looked at those who were enduring so much suffering, he commended them. But with some, he noticed, this is what I have against you. What is that? You do not love me now as you did at first. You see, when it comes to loving Yahuwah God, when it comes to loving Yahushua, his son, our love is a type of love that must be growing, right? Not weakening. I mean, how would your husband or wife would feel if after the 50th anniversary, oh, honey, I love you now, but I loved you a lot more when we were first dating. How would you feel? Love should be growing, right? That's the nature of love. Love is not complacent. Love is not stagnant. And so if love is stagnant, if it's not growing, Yahusha is going to rebuke us. What kind of love should we give to Yahuwah our God? A type of love that grows, type of love that gets stronger. Is that the kind of love that we have now? You know, brothers and sisters, when we used to belong to our former religious affiliation, there was a lot of there was a system that was provided to check up on us. 
right? For example, if you're an officer, you have to have like an attendance. You have to attend the meeting. If you did not attend worship service, you get a phone call, you get a visit, right? And so when we think about that, you know what? Why was I really obeying? Was it because I was afraid? Or was it because of my love? In the beginning, fear, reverence, maybe that was operative, but its purpose is to lead us to love. If before we were obeying because we want to avoid punishment, it's much better that we obey because we love to, we want to please Jehovah God. Right now, brothers and sisters, all of those things that were present before, that kind of controlled what we do, there's no longer there. And so if you are listening to this Bible study today, if you attend worship service this, this coming Saturday, it's not because you're afraid. It's because you really love Yahuwah God. Because all the controlling agents that watch us and control what we do, that's no longer in, in play here. And it's only because of your love. If you truly love Yahuwah God, if you truly love Yahushua Christ, then we will up our zeal when it comes to worshiping and serving Yahuwah and Yahusha. How else can we show and manifest our love? Deuteronomy chapter 6, 14 to 15. Do not worship other gods, any of the gods or the peoples around you. If you do worship other gods, Yahuwah's anger will come against you like fire and will destroy you completely. Because Yahuwah, your God, who is present with you, tolerates no rivals. According to the scriptures, how can we show love for Yahuwah God? By not worshiping other gods. What is the equivalent of this? Idolatry. What does Yahuwah remind us of? That was preached by Moses. Yahuwah tolerates no rivals. And this is why even when it comes to our spiritual leaders, we need to make sure that we do not give praise or glory to them. Instead, we must give praise and glory to Yahuwah God only because Yahuwah God tolerates no idols, whatever that idol may be. It could be a, a thing. It could be a place. It could be a person. Yahuwah God tolerates no rivals. We must worship him, Yahuwah God and his beloved son. And how can we show that we love God in our worship? Psalm 63 one down to three. Oh God, you are my God. And I long for you. My whole being desires you like a dry, worn out and waterless land. My soul is thirsty for you. Let me see you in the sanctuary. Let me see how mighty and glorious you are. Your constant love is better than life itself. And so I will praise you. How can we show that we love Yahuwah God when we worship him? We have to desire to be with him. We have to have this longing for Yahuwah, our God. This is why our worship, it should not be ritualistic. It's so easy when you go through something again and again to fall into a ritual, right? But true worship must not be ritual. It should be filled with desire. What kind of desire? Like a thirsty person looking for water. The kind of desire that we need to have when we worship God. This is why when we worship God for worship service, for example, we need to sing the hymns from our heart. We need to pray from our heart. We need to listen from our heart. We need to put our heart in there. We need to put our mind in our worship. Not just the action, but the action that is backed up by our emotion from our heart. We show affection. We show love and desire for Yahuwah our God. And when we have true love for Yahuwah God, how will this help us in obeying God? The book of 1 John chapter 5 and the verses 3, loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. Did you get that? The Bible says when you truly love God, keeping his commandments are not burdensome. Is that true? When you love someone and this someone requires you to do something for them, if you truly love them, doing that is not burdensome, right? In fact, if you truly love that person, 
whatever they want you to do, you do it with delight. You see the difference? You see, if we love God, obeying his commands will not be a burden. It will become a delight. It's something that we will want to do, not something that we have to do. You see the difference? See, the reason why the people of Israel, after they, sh they saw the power of Yahuwah God on Mount Sinai, when the commandments were given to them, the reason why it lasted only a short while, it's because they did not learn how to love Yahuwah God. And so when they were obeying, it was becoming a burden. And you can only carry a burden for so long, right? But if it's a delight to obey the commands of God, if it's no longer a burden, guess what? We can continue to do that. This is why, brothers and sisters, we must not be stuck with the fear of God. Yes, that's the beginning. But we have to make that transition from fear of God to love for God. But there are people who are unable to make that transition. They're unable to perfect the wisdom that begins with a true and reverent fear for Yahuwah God. And so we need to make that transition. But there are some things that may hinder us from making that transition. And it's what hindered the people of Israel. And so what could that be? Why were the Israelites unable to transition from fear of God to love for God? Why could they not do that? Because remember, we need to make that transition. We need to go from fear of God and going to loving our Yahuwah God. So what could that be? Well, if we go back to 5, 23, 27, something we want to show you. When the whole mountain was on fire and you heard the voice from the darkness, your leaders and the chiefs of your tribes came to me and said, Yahuwah our God showed his greatness and his glory when we heard him speak from the fire. Today, we have seen that it is possible for people to continue to live even though God has spoken to them. But why should we risk death again? That terrible fire will destroy us. We are sure to die if we hear Yahuwah, our God, speak again. Has any human being ever lived after hearing the living God speak from a fire? Go back, Moses, and listen to everything that Yahuwah, our God, says. Then return and tell us what he said to you. We will listen and obey. So what hindered the people of Israel from transitioning, from having a reverent fear of God to loving God. Well, their fear of Yahuwah God caused them to request not to have a relationship with Yahuwah God. You notice what they told Moses? They told Moses, Moses, we don't want to fellowship with God. We don't want to be in his presence. And so next time, just go to uh, Yahuwah. And we'll stay behind. You talk to Yahuwah God. Get all of his commands and teach that to us. We'll just listen to you. And we will obey. In other words, Moses is to act as a mediator. Right? He would be the mediator between the people of Israel and Yahuwah our God. So the people of Israel would not be given the opportunity to have a close relationship to Yahuwah God. Right? They have to go through a person. Who's that? Moses. That's a difficult way to build love, right? When you have to go to a, when you have to go to another person to build that relationship, it's going to be hard to build that kind of relationship, right? And so when Yahuwah God hears this, what does he say? Deuteronomy 5, 28, 31. When Yahuwah heard this, he said to me, I have heard what these people said, and they are right. If only they would always feel this way. If only they would always honor me and obey all my commands so that everything would go well with them and their descendants forever. Go and tell them to return to their tents. But you, Moses, stay here with me and I will give you all my laws and commands. Teach them to the people so that they will, be, will obey them in the land that I am giving them. And so Yahuwah honored their request. And Yahuwah God says, okay, Moses, you will be the mediator. You will speak with me. I will give you the laws. You in turn teach that to the people. And so because the people did not approach Yahuwah God, there was only Moses. The people did not approach Yahuwah God. 
when you have this distance between yourself and God, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a challenge to develop that love for Yahuwah God. You need to keep in mind that Yahuwah God is not yet finished with his plan here. He's still at work with his plan, right? And so what we need to do is to find a way to be able to have that relationship with God. We know Moses was the mediator of the old covenant, but who is the mediator of the new covenant? Who is it? Any ideas? Yeah, for this reason, Hebrews 9.15, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. And so who now is our mediator, Yahushua? How did he become our mediator when he died for our sins? And so now there's a new covenant between Yahuwah and his people through Yahushua the Christ because he's a different mediator from Moses. What are we been, what have we been given through Yahushua the Christ, our new mediator, through his death? What are we given now that will help us to develop that love for God? Let's read the book of Ephesians 2, 13, 17 to 18. But now in Christ Yahushua, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. What do we have now? Because of Yahushua the Christ, our new mediator. The Bible says because of Yahushua Christ and because of the sacrificial death by means of his shed blood, we have been brought near to who? Yahuwah, our God. And because of his death, what access do we have? We have access to our Father. Brethren, we need to use that freedom that we have been given. We need to use the opportunity to be close to Yahuwah God. We have no excuse. The people of Israel did not get this opportunity. They were serving a distant God. We are serving a God that's nearby. What brought us near? The blood and sacrifice of Yahushua. Through his mediation, through his intercession, we can have that loving relationship with Yahuwah, our God. This should inspire each and every one of us. Does it mean we will no longer have that reverent fear for Yahuwah God? Take a look at this, Jeremiah 32, 39 to 40. I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me for their own good and the good of their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them. And I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. Does it mean that after we have received this new covenant with Yahuwah God through Yahushua as the mediator, that we are no longer to have this reverent fear for Yahuwah God? No. The Bible says it should even inspire us to have a reverent fear for who? Yahuwah God. Because the love of God is something that we cannot really comprehend. You see, the reason why the people of Israel struggled, struggled to love God and were kind of stuck at simply a fear of God, which doesn't last long. The reason why they were stuck there was because there was something that they could not yet experience at the moment, but we have already experienced. Do you know what that is? The book of First John, chapter 4, 9 to 10, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. 
This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Brothers and sisters, people of Israel did not yet experience this kind of love. It was simply foreshadowed. It was prophesied, but it wasn't yet manifested. But brethren, we are so fortunate. We live in this age and we know, we know about the love of Yahuwah our God. What did he do because of his love? He gave up his son. So that by his death, by his sacrifice, our sins will be given for are forgiven. And because our sins are forgiven, what shall we obtain? Eternal life. And so for us to be able to transition from fear of God to love for God, that inspiration that inspires us to have reverence and love for God is really the love of God. You see, when you experience the love of God, you will be inspired to love God. Do not forget what Apostle John said. Love is this, not that we love God first. Who was the one who loved us first? It was God. And this is what we have now. But Israel did not have. We have received in full the love of God. And so because we have received the love of God, we, we can easily transition to love for God. Do you get it? And that love of God is simply who? Yeah, Yahusha. That love of God is Yahusha. Now that we belong in this age, there's no excuse for any of us not to love God. And when we think about our life in relation to who God is, God is God who created all things, created the universe, powerful. We are but human beings. And when we think about it, we can call him Abba. This is why when Yahushua began to call God his father, and he told his disciples to call him his father, the Jews, they were upset and they persecuted Yahushua. How dare you call him father, right? It was something that you could not grasp, but it's something real for us. We can call him Abba. We can call him father because of what Yahushua did and because of what God did, right? And so brothers and sisters, what we need to do so that we can maintain that love for God is to keep experiencing the love of God. Experience it. What will happen when we fully experience the love of Yahuwah God? Let's read one more passage before we pray. 1 John 4, 18, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So brothers and sisters, let us immerse ourselves in the love of God. It's only then that we can also love God. We cannot really love God on our own. We can't. But Yahuwah God loved us first. Immerse yourself in that love, and then we will be able to love Yahuwah God also. Let us experience fully his perfect love. If you ever doubt the love of God, always remember, he gave up his son. He did not have to do that. He chose to do that. To inspire us so that we can love him too. This is why on Yahushua's Passover, we're going to do two things. We're going to commemorate and we're going to celebrate. What are we going to commemorate and celebrate? The last passage of our studies for Yahushua's Passover, we will commemorate the death and suffering of Yahushua. We will remember. And at the same time, we will celebrate the love and grace of Yahuwah God. 
because he sent his son to die on the cross that we might become his sons and daughters. Brethren, let us live in love, show love, express love, and be in love with Yahuwah God, our creator, and his son, our king, Yahusha HaMashiach. Let us stand, brethren, and we shall pray. Everlasting Abba. Yes, Father. You are truly great. Yes, Father. Our holy and righteous Yahuwah God. Amen. From heaven, you are so far away. Yes, Father. We are here on earth. Yes. Human beings who are made of dust. Amen. But somehow, you think of us yes, so much so that you gave up your son, that we can have this privilege yes, to be able to talk to you, yes, to be able to be with you, Amen. to experience your loving embrace. Amen. We know we are not worthy. Yes, but because of the greatness of your love, yes. we have been inspired to love you with the utmost of our being. Yes, Accept the love of your creatures. Yes, Accept our worship of you. Yes, Father, forgive us yes. if we have not shown love or reverence here. Yes, we will change our ways if we have taken you for granted. Yes, Father, have mercy upon us. Yes, oh Lord. May you teach us to appreciate, yes. never to forsake, yes. never to take for granted yes. the love that you have shown your people. Amen. We are preparing for your son's Passover. Yes, oh Lord. We will celebrate your love yes, because you made this happen when you sent your son yes. to die that we may live. Amen. Yahusha, our King, yes, we Lord. approach you also. Thank you so much for this privilege. Yes. Your blood has brought us near our loving Abba. Yes, we can even call him Abba. Yes. It is because of Lord. you. Thank you so much. Yes. We will soon have our Passover meal with you yes, to Lord. commemorate your suffering and death. Yes. Prepare your servants. As we do so, help us to feel the loving, our loving Father, yes. His abiding love in us, yes. and help us to please and to honor you yes. as we prepare for that day. Amen. Father, please always remind us of all of your words and commands. Yes. Prepare yes. our hearts and our minds always yes. in fulfilling our duties. Amen. We believe, Father, you have listened to our prayers. Yes, we ask and beg everything. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.